listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, the podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics, right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined by the one and the only, the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, a whole lot happening in the DMV, especially this past weekend. In fact, you and I both just ended up working about seven-day work weeks because of all the esports events going on here. And I could not be happier than to have done that this past weekend. It is it is an amazing time to be right here in the DMV with all the esport happenings, including some major Freaking major announcements coming out early this week. Joey, I cannot wait to talk about all the amazing things that happened this weekend. But before we jump into the show, just a friendly reminder that if you do enjoy Game on DC, we would be honored if you would leave us a review on your respective podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Now, with that out of the way, Joey, I'm hyped for this episode. Let's jump right into our first segment with Around the Gaming Beltway. What's happening in the DMV? John, we got a lot happening in the DMV, and a lot of it is in the major professional esports scene. But first, we have to hit some of the local gaming events as well because there's some exciting ones happening. On Saturday, November 16th, we have a Call of Duty Modern Warfare event. Open play is available for $15 to play. Additionally, there will be a 2v2 tournament available for an additional $15 that goes toward the prize pool. There is a 40-player limit on the tournament, and you have to bring your own console or use the PCs that are provided. This is Gex Esports hosting, so go ahead and head on over to GexEsports.com to register. John, this is a really great event. Gex Esports continues to put on great event after great event, and they're really capitalizing on a new game here that a lot of people are excited to try out. And I love the fact they're offering an open play uh, style. Uh, do we know if the open play is going to be like a tournament also, or or, or is it that just going to be like a 2v2 kind of thing? The way I'm reading it, it sounds like open play is just going to be open to everyone. So if you want to come in, pay $15 to check out Call of Duty, you're welcome to. On top of that, if you feel like you're picking up the game real quickly and you got that buddy sitting next to you, you guys can go ahead and enter into a 2v2 tournament. At least that's the way I'm reading it. You guys can contact Gex to get the exact details on this. But John, I think this is going to be a fun way for people to try out the game and then maybe get their taste for the competitive play as well. 100% agree. Uh, when the beta came out for this, there was a lot of mixed uh, reviews, a lot of mixed reactions with that game. So you pay 15 bucks, you don't spend the the full amount for that game, and you can essentially do a, a test run of the game uh, in an area with other players playing that game too. And if you do end up picking it up uh, pretty quickly, then there you can test your skills with that 2v2 tournament. So an amazing opportunity to test out a new game uh, on the market. And also if you want to try to have that competitive edge, you want it, you will think you're ready uh, to go pro, uh, you can try out that 2v2 tournament as well. And maybe shooters just aren't your thing. Well, there's still another event for you on Saturday. That same Saturday, November 16th, Members League FIFA Friendly for PS4. This is VYSA, the Virginia Youth Soccer Association, putting this one on. If you're a member of them or are interested in becoming a member, you have a FIFA tournament friendly that day as well. Registration is capped at 120 players, $10 per player, and you can find the tournament on Smash.gg. If you're an Xbox FIFA player, don't worry. They got you covered as well. VYSA is hosting another tournament for Members League, and that's going to be a FIFA friendly on Xbox on 11-17th that Sunday. Registration, again, is capped at 120 players, $10 per player. If you, you can find the tournament to register at Smash.gg, both of them are listed there. 
Additionally, if you have any other questions regarding how the event's going to play out, how to become a member with VYSA, you can go ahead and email VYSA at gaming at VYSA.com to get any of those questions answered. I love what VYSA is doing. They're really diving headfirst into the FIFA esports scene and really bringing uh, more than just the DMV with them, but like all of Virginia, obviously, but like they're they're touching every aspect of Virginia and kind of bringing everyone in to the esport that is FIFA and FIFA 20 and just the incredibly growing scene that FIFA is. You know, we have DC United doing FIFA events. Uh, we have Pat from Esports Fair Play constantly holding FIFA events as well. Uh, you know, Pat from Esports Fair Play is actually helping out with both of these events also. So, I mean, the, the local FIFA king himself is helping VYSA out uh, with all of their events too. So, it, it's great seeing the FIFA community come together and really push forward with all these amazing opportunities to play FIFA in a competitive uh, in, in, a, in a competitive league, in a competitive way. So it's really cool. And John, these are just a few of the many, many events we have going on for local gamers in the DMV. So gamers, be sure to also check out our local gaming center's websites and social media accounts as well. They have regularly scheduled events throughout the week, every single week, back to back. Those centers include, but are not limited to, the Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia, Hunter MPC Gaming Lounge in Annandale, Virginia, Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia, I Battle Esports PC Gaming in Centerville, Virginia, Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland, and of course, the Game Gym at its new location in Rockville, Maryland. Joey, with that, let's jump right into Capitol Coliseum. This weekend, we teased it at the beginning of the show. It was an absolutely amazing weekend for DMV Esports. Uh, let's go ahead and just start with Saturday first. On Saturday, Wizards District Gaming of the NBA 2K League held their DG Classic. Now, what made this unique uh, is that teams around the league are holding these uh, local tournaments uh, in, in kind of like, like an effort to like show that, yeah, hey, you can stream locally uh, and you can reach a, a broader market area that your team is located in without all the fancy equipment like, like they have in New York. But the really cool thing is that players are able to qualify for the NBA 2K League draft through these tournaments. So you don't have to go through the grueling combine uh, to, to try to qualify for the NBA 2K League. You can win a tournament like the DG Classic and be selected by WizDG to be placed into the draft pool. And it's absolutely phenomenal, Joey. You, you and I had the honor uh, to, to shoutcast this event. And, you know, it's one thing watching NBA 2K on stream and you see the trash talking when the players are head to head. Joey, the one thing I want to talk about real quick before we uh, touch on the results, the teams were in two separate rooms. Like they were literally divided by a physical barrier. They could not see each other. I felt like the trash talking was even louder because of that very reason. And it was the energy that like we felt from the players screaming and yelling and trash talking through a wall to the other team. I mean, that got me fired up and, and hyped, and it was such an amazing event. Right, John. NBA 2K and the players themselves bring so much energy to the esport world. I mean, when you look at all these other esport competitions, League of Legends, yes, there's emotional players. Yes, there's energy. But NBA 2K brings something that a lot of other esport competitions doesn't, and that's the yelling. But it's not like aggressive and mean yelling. It's simply shut up or show up kind of thing. Like, let's see what you got. You're talking all this crap. You're saying you're the better team. Show us. Show us on the virtual court that you're the better team. 
Then when you make the big plays, if someone sinks that crazy three or that half-court shot or that shot that's a buzzer beater right to end up taking the lead going into the final quarter, there were so many great moments like that at this tournament. I mean, one in particular that came up was in the second matchup of the day that was an absolute mind-blowing play. And it just happens over and over in these events. And the energy that just comes out of the players with them, like you said, the yelling, the screaming, the excitement, the joy, it's just, it's so much fun to not only cast, but really watch as a viewer as well. So we had some really good matchups. The first one was on Xbox. We had off-grid beat all-in 3-0. to zero. Obviously, the scoreline, not too much in favor of all-in here. Uh, they went all-in, and they did not come out with a win, unfortunately for them. But off-grid just looked so good that day in particular. My TV played incredibly well from the guard position. Sean Wynn had a really good game as well. Uh, if you look at the grading in within the game, it has its own grade system. They were pulling out A's almost every game. But the team communication from those two, we had the ability to be in the room with them for that series. They continue to communicate with their teammates. And I think that's one of the real big things that makes NBA 2K and really esports in general a really high-level competition at these higher levels is because of the team communication that goes on during the game. They're simply giving each other, whether it be... Um, motivating remarks or whether they say, hey, you need to do this differently or go about this this way or wow, nice shot. And they continue to motivate each other and help each other as it goes. Anything in particular you want to highlight from that first matchup? Uh, other than the fact that we couldn't get the stream to work and we completely went like 2008 <laughs> and periscoped it for everyone. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, the, the demand was there, which was really cool. The, the NBA 2K uh, 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 community is is really all in. Like they are very passionate about this game and about the, the competitive nature of this game and these tournaments that, you know, we posted one video on Game on DC's Twitter page and we had almost within moments, eight, nine, ten responses to that saying, hey, where's the stream? Where's the stream? Can you like do a Periscope? Can you do Facebook Live? Can you do something? We want to see this. And Joey, before we recorded this, uh, I think you checked that video. How many views was that up to? Uh, but prior to the recording today, prior to recording, we were over 1.1 K. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think when the, when we ended the Periscope after the sweep was done, uh, it was just over 700 views. And again, that was only for, I think it was like a game and a half, maybe like half a game two and all of game three. So, you know, that was actually pretty impressive for just a random, stream on the spot like that's how passionate this community is is and it was really awesome to see that community support these players and then also from the players perspective see how they support one another on that team through the ups and downs through these games it was really 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 cool to watch and for those of you who turn tuning in who tried to watch the series the reason it did not work was i believe we were missing a part or a part went bad with the streaming setup so nothing too crazy out there it's technology little things like that happened um that ended up being the reason that we were delayed on that one so i hope you guys enjoyed that little the periscope um what would you call that john the uh, periscope live twitter feed i don't know uh, there's a word i'm looking for but i can't think of it and one of the comments on the periscope was bougie uh, I don't know if we want to go with bougie, but uh, yeah, I can't think of what I'm trying to think of. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed that little periscope uh, to do, I guess. I mean, we couldn't really think of too much else to do in that moment because our options were limited, but that was the best that we could really come up with as a side crew at the time. So 
Hope those of you who watched it, those thousand or so of you, enjoyed what we could do there. Uh, the series in the afternoon, however, John, was streamed on Twitch on the Wizards CG channel. That was in our bag, taking on Ascension. 3-1 to one was the final score with in our bag, taking the win there. Uh, really good performance from both teams. I felt like all the series games were quite close. I don't feel like in our bag ran away with any of them. Um, Ascension was really right there alongside them for most of the series. Uh, one of them even going into overtime. Uh, the MVP performer for me would probably be Bohio. He looked incredible from the guard position for in our bag. He just continued to find ways to make an impact regardless of what game they're in, regardless of what the scoreline was. I think he put up over 30, 34, 35 points in one game. Uh, he just looked incredible the way he was distributing the ball, the way he was shooting the ball. He went iced or snowflake as they call it at certain times, but then he found his way back in regardless. And even if he was not making those shots and he's cold on the shots, he was finding ways to get the passes to teammates who had a hot hand at the moment. Uh, one of those teammates being Dirk, who I think had an incredible performance as well. He was not shooting too well from behind the arc. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, center, it's a big man taking shots from behind the arc. Sometimes it's going to fall, sometimes it's not. Unfortunately for Dirk, it really was just not falling in his favor that particular day. But he really made his presence known in the paint, John. When he's not making those shots, he was able to move into the paint, and it seemed like he had a lot more positive return in the paint as opposed to when he was taking the shots behind the arc. Oh, for sure, and I definitely agree with you. I think uh, Bahio was definitely the MVP of that series. Uh, Dirk had amazing games. I think the only one real bad game he had was the game uh, that in our bag eventually lost. That was game two. Uh, you know, that's the game where he went 0, from, 0 for 6 behind the three-point line. And I, I believe we even said it on stream. It's like, you know, at what point do you stop trying those shots? Like, in game one, he was so good down low. Like, his ability... For those short-range those short range shots, that met that mid-range game that he had, and also the ability to box out, get those rebounds, clean up the glass a little bit, offensive boards, defensive boards, he was able to do it, and he played incredibly well. But for some reason in Game 2, they are playing that high pick-and-roll uh, you know, style of offense where the center comes up and sets that pick at the top of the key, and it just wasn't working. Like w When it would turn into a pick-and-roll for him, it worked. But when he stopped... And they passed the ball back, and he took that three-point shot. It, it, it wasn't close. It wasn't as all the players were yelling. It wasn't green. You know, it, 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 was, it was bad. And, like, they ended up losing that game. I believe it was maybe a two-possession game. Uh, I think it was maybe a five-point difference in game two that in our bag lost. You know, if he makes two of those shots, you know, they're right back in that game. They, they, they have, they have a, the, the potential of, you know, winning that game. But... Uh, I'm not going to be too hard on Dirk. He did play quite well. Game three, he bounced back. Game four, he bounced back. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, on his Twitter, uh, he did mention that he deleted his custom jump shot after that series because apparently his team was flaming him about that game two performance <laughs> going over six behind the arc. Uh, look, everyone has one bad game. Like he, he, he definitely wasn't the main reason they lost game two. Like being over six does hurt. Uh, but you know just ascension really came out and they made a lot of changes after game one and really took it to in our bag uh in game two so it's it, it's not all on dirk for sure but uh still a great player and he has that unique ability to know the game you know he, he's a professional caster for the 2k league so he knows this game in depth like he knows all, all the all, all the quirks of the game he knows all the glitches he knows the animations and, and he uses that to his advantage and he plays incredibly well but Joey, aside from those two, there was one other player that that stood out, and that was Matt Morg, uh, someone who didn't really lead the team in points, 
but he led the team in different ways. This guy was absolutely clutch when in our bag needed him to be clutch. Whether it was a three in the corner, whether it was a crucial rebound, or whether it was him intercepting the ball and you know passing up the court for a quick break, he was doing all the dirty work but wasn't getting the shine that like Bahio and Dirk were getting just because, you know, of how big of the names they are or how many points they're putting down. He was secretly, I would probably argue like their utility MVP in that series. Oh yeah. 100% John. I mean, it doesn't help when the NBA 2K game itself is throwing up Ohio's name every five seconds or Dirk because of a block or that and this, but Matt really made the opportunities when he had them. In particular, he did the best with what he had. When they needed that clutch three, like you said, he would find it almost every time it felt like. When they needed a steal, when they needed a stop, he found it. Matt continued to make himself an invaluable resource, or a very, very valuable, incredibly valuable resource for their team. I mean, he was just irreplaceable in this series in particular. Like, yeah, Bohio's putting up major points. Dirk did a great job controlling the paint. But when they really needed that corner three, when they really needed that rebound, Matt seemed to be there every single time. So yeah, incredible stuff overall. I think Bohio is the MVP for you and I. Uh, again, we gave Dirk a lot of crap because he did miss some shots here and there. It seemed like every time they had like a double-digit lead, Dirk decided he needed to take all of his shots from behind the arc. But like you said, John, he's still an incredible player. He wasn't hitting the shots that day. We all have off days. At the same point, he was killing it within the paint. And like you said, he brings that extra knowledge as a commentator. He knows not only about the glitches and the different aspects of the game, but he also knows how players play. He's studied players like this before. He knows play styles. He knows like the percentage that someone's going to jump on something if you make a certain movement. He looks at all that. He studies all that, and you can really tell how he integrates it into his gameplay as well. So incredible competitors there on both teams in our bag taking the win 3-1, to one, though. So the results from DG Classic, one player from off-grid will be selected by WizDG to be inserted into the NBA 2K League draft as well as one player from NR Bag uh, will be selected as well by the management of WizDG. But Joey, that wasn't the only event that happened this week. And like we said, this weekend was full of eSport events. On Sunday, DC United held their eSports Open for 2019, their annual, well now annual, scouting event for their EMLS position. Uh, Renato winning the tournament last year and signing the contract to be the EMLS pro for DC United. Now again, it's not a guarantee that if you win this tournament, you're going to be DC United's EMLS pro. Uh, Renato, in, in this case, uh, due to... Uh, work commitments wasn't able to go all the way through the tournament he did absolutely dominate in the group stages but unfortunately because the tournament did run long he did have to go to work uh, which is completely understandable uh, so that's not something to be held against him but it did allow for someone else to win this tournament uh, and Joey it's it's a name that we're familiar with in the, in the DC area in the FIFA scene it's Trap Lord Andy uh, who won, who he had an amazing tournament. He's a very talented FIFA player. Like I said, we've seen him play multiple times, uh, you know, in, in other DC United events or eSport Fair Play events. Very talented player. And he went up against a uh, foot certified FIFA pro that was signed to a team, I believe the week prior to this event. He was actually, they, they, they mutually agreed to part ways. King CJ, uh, you know, it was him and Trap Lord Andy in the finals. And Traplord Andy took him down, and, and it was really impressive because we were giving King CJ a lot of high praises for his his ability on the sticks, the, the footwork he was able to do with his players, and his passing ability. And Traplord Andy was able to be patient, and that really, that 
is what helped him win the game was that patience. He let King CJ make those mistakes, and eventually he saw a pattern and was able to force those turnovers and just absolutely took it to him. Yeah, huge shout-out to Trappler Andy here, an incredible win and a veteran and local of the DMV scene. Uh, he did take down King CJ, who we crowned the king of passing in that tournament in the finals, like you just said. And I think one of the things with Andy is really his patient style. He continues to wait for that perfect opportunity, and we really see him find good counterattacking plays because of it. Someone like King CJ is constantly passing, constantly looking for the opportunity to attack. And when you look at Trap Lord Andy, that style plays really well against that because Andy's waiting for that perfect opportunity to step in front of a pass. He's looking for those perfect stabs. And he found those throughout the whole tournament. And I think one of the big things about Andy in general, like you said, the patient style, but also the way he approaches games. He's not looking to completely change his style every single game. He's looking to go in with the same general tactics and adapt on the fly. He's looking to adapt based on who his opponent is, based on who he's playing against team-wise, based on how the flow of the match is going. That's one of those things that really makes a great FIFA player. Some of those great players are made because they make all the tactical changes ahead of the match. Andy's one of those players who really learns how to adapt on the fly. And because he's played so much FIFA in so many different matches and tournaments and games with a lot of the great FIFA players in the DMV, he's really found his unique gaming style and gaming play style that he's been able to adapt over time and really make into this really great style that ended up winning him the DC United Esports Open this year. So, uh, again, Ronaldo did not repeat because of that uh, that work uh, commitment that he had to go to. So, Trapalore Andy does take the two, uh, 2019 title. The roster lock for EMLS is in December. Uh, so, we are on standby for DC United to announce uh, who their EMLS player is going to be. Um, the rumor mills out there, all signs point back to Renato. Uh, again, that's going to be up to the, the decision makers at DC United. Uh, so we will be standing by to see who they select to represent the black and red uh, in the next EMLS season. Joey, with that, we're going to move into the Washington Justice. It is the offseason, but it's also free agency. We talked about it in our last episode. So we have... I believe most, if not all of the roster locked in now for season three for the Washington Justice. So let's go through those who have been announced, who have been signed to the Washington Justice, and let's see where where they've come from. John, with that, let's kick things off with the DPS role. We have Corey, Stratus, and Tuba. Tuba being the only new player in this role, and he came via a scouting event in Korea. Most recently, he played on Bubble Burster Gaming in Contenders China. How do you feel about our DPS core heading into season three? I just want to mention that that might be one of the best esport organization names, Bubble Burster Gaming. <laughs> um, no, I love this. Uh, Corey and Stratus, they really popped off in stage four last year. Corey, the the Widowmaker God himself. Uh, Stratus, uh, I have a personal affection because he's an amazing May player. And May is Bay. We all know this. And if you don't like May, well, then I don't like you. It's as simple as that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I love that. That is your strong starting core. I think that I think DPS we're completely fine with. Tuba coming in to back them up to provide a little uh, support, a little competition. Uh, I think that's always a good thing to keep them on their toes. Uh, he's proven himself in Contenders China. Prior to that, he was in Contenders Korea and played incredibly well as well. So it's great to see Tuba making his way into the uh, Overwatch League. And I feel like it's going to be a solid trio for our DPS line. Yeah, I tend to agree, John. I feel like Corey is one of the best mechanical players in the Overwatch League in general right now. His widow, arguably a top three, if not top one potential player. 
You look at Stratus, Stratus is great mechanically as well, but he also brings an awesome social media aspect to the team too. The kid is so enjoyable to watch, whether it be Instagram videos, Twitter posts. I mean, he's just, he's a great entertainer and an awesome personality. And on top of that, he's an incredible Overwatch player as well. And then Tuba coming in from Contenders China. At least from what I've seen, John, it sounds like Tuba could be a mechanical god of the Overwatch scene in Season 3. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Blow that horn, baby. Let's move on to the tank. We have Elivote and Lolshish. Both of these players got announced at the end of last season. We're not able to play because nothing or everything did not process in time for Stage 4. They did get to play a little teaser over in Australia, but now they are ready for Season 3, and joining them will be Roar from the LA Gladiators. Solid tank line. Again, a lot of hype. From Elivote and Lulsish, uh, they both, I mean, they've been, their chemistry goes all the way back to childhood for them. So I think that's something that's very unique. They played incredibly well. Uh, they played for Team Sweden for the Overwatch World Cup uh, this last go around. Sweden not doing all that hot, uh, but Elivote and Lulsish, you teamed them up with that DPS core of Corey and Stratus and Tuba coming in. I feel like our tank line is in a great position. And Roar is a solid backup for Elivote and Lolsesh. I don't know how much time Roar is going to get with Elivote and Lolsesh. I feel like that chemistry there is something you're not going to want to break up unless one of those players are having just an incredible off day and you have to switch them out. I really don't see uh, Roar hopping into the tank line often. Uh, I can see Tuba subbing in for Stratus on the DPS line every so often, but... Uh, that is still a strong trio for tanks for the Justice going into Season 3. Yeah, I think one of the ways you may see Rorjon is depending on the team composition that they're bringing out in each particular match and for each particular map. There may be a hero that Roar is better at than Lulshish or Elivote, depending on the map, depending on the comp, depending on all these different factors, they may be able to sub him in here and there. Uh, he seems like a good mechanical player, so that's something everyone wants on a roster. But on top of that, you mentioned it. Elivote and Lulshish have been playing together for so long. They were on Angry Titans and Contenders EU together. They were on Team Envy. They have a very, very potent combination with the two of them. Moving over to support, we have two players signed in the support role right now. One of those being the return of Ark. Ark has made his way back alongside Corey and Stratus, back to the Washington Justice from last season. Ark played really well on Mercy and on Lucio. He seems to be one of those players that's really fun to engage with the audience as well, and the fans really love him. On top of that, he played like one of the top supports in Stage 4 in particular. Uh, he continued to elevate his game throughout the season. Once Roll Lock came around, it feels like Ark was really able to lock himself in and become one of the better supports in the Overwatch League. Joining him in the back line is going to be Aim God from the Boston Uprising. Aim God, another one of those players. He proved himself here and there, but overall did not have the greatest season on the Boston Uprising, which as a team struggled in general. I'm excited to see Aim God have a new name for himself over here at the Washington Justice. And I think paired up with Ark, these two are going to make some real big noise from the support role. And I really think the underlying story here, Joey, is that when we made that financial commitment last year, when we bought uh, the Washington Justice third jerseys and we slapped those names on the back of our jersey, I got Corey, you got Ark. Corey resigned and Ark resigned. So our investment is holding true for at least another year. Uh, so so kudos to us for picking the correct players who are going to be returning. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Ark coming back is, is a big, 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 big deal. You you can't look at the first three stages with that introduction of Rolllock. It, it, it completely changes the way that game was played. And we saw how well this team was able to play in stage four. Ark really started popping off in stage four. We need to have to worry about playing, you know, the, the, these these wacky meta 
uh, uh, heroes because of, of goat comp and, and anything else like that. So uh, Ark was really able to shine. So I, I'm happy that he's back for sure. Aim God, I want to see more from him. I feel like you can see the potential in his play. You saw it with Boston Uprising. You want to see more of that potential. If he is going to be the second support, if this is going to be the roster going forward and we're only going to have two support, I would like to think they're going to sign at least one more support. Uh, have like three for each role. Uh, if he's going to be that second support alongside Ark, he's going to need to have, you know, he's going to need to step up. He's going to need to have a year that is going to make, you know, this trust that the Washington Justice put in him worthwhile. You see moments of that flash of brilliance from last year, but then you also see those moments where you're scratching your head going like, okay, well, I wouldn't, I don't know why you used your ultimate there, or I don't know why you, you know, did it, you know, here when you should have been paired up with so-and-so. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that go into being a good support, and Aim God showed flashes of that. So I'm hoping that he is taking the offseason and really working with this team and ARC and the DPS and the tanks. I, I need them all to get together now. <laughs> That's essentially what I'm trying to say. And Aim God really needs to work on those strategies because I feel like he has the potential to be a solid number two starting support alongside ARC. He just needs to grow a little bit more in his play. Yeah, I'm with you as well, John. I would like to see a third support signed. Um, partly so you have that rotation depending on hero, but also I think it's nice to have some competition in the role. You don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, but I think it's good to always have a third opinion to bring in a little bit of pressure so people continue to perform as well as possibly having that strategic substitution as well. On top of that, before we jump into the coaches, I do have to say, do you think we bought the jerseys because we expected these players to stay around, or do you think these players stayed around because we bought the jerseys? Why not both? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, so, so, so we bought the jerseys before stage four. Uh, so, you know, you know, like I, I bought, you know, even though I'm a support player in Overwatch, like I bought Corey because deep down inside, like I dream of being a legitimate DPS player. Um, <laughs> but, you know, off of like Junkrat in May, I'm I'm pretty terrible, so it's fine. Um, but but support, I'm decent. Okay, cool. We'll 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 leave it there. But yeah, offense is great. Um, I love the way Corey plays, so that's one of the main reasons I got his jersey. I would like to think he stayed because I got the jersey. Um, but he probably stayed because the money was great. <laughs> to be completely honest, um, Ark. Uh, I know when Ark announced his free agency, uh, there was a lot of Washington Justice fans like shocked that Ark wasn't going to be coming back. Uh, then he did resign. Joey, I do think your jersey had something to do with that. Uh, I feel like that was definitely good <laughs> luck uh, that that kind of swayed him back to the Justice. I'm pretty sure Ark was like, wait a minute, that courtside king guy from Game On DC, he bought my jersey. And I met him down in Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure he's cool, so I'm going to go ahead and resign. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know that's how it played out. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. It is kind of ironic, though, that you do have the DPS jersey with Corey, and I have the support jersey with Ark, isn't it? With both of us playing reverse roles. Yeah, like you're the DPS player wearing the support jersey, and I'm the support player wearing the DPS jersey, which is, is just, it's, it's insane. It's weird. Well, we, just, we just know how much the roles mean to each other. You can't have a good DPS without a good support, right? And vice versa. They got to play together to move that objective forward, you know, especially for push when it comes out with Overwatch 2. Moving on to those coaches, John, we have John Galt, the head coach from LA Gladiators coming over. We have Supreme, the former coach of the Hongzhou Spark. And then we have Wiz, the former coach of NYXL2, the New York XL contenders team. I think this is a really good coaching lineup. 
In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, I'm going to go out on a giant limb here and say this is the best coaching staff in Overwatch League for Season 3. That is a very big statement, but Joey, I think you might be onto something here. This is a very solid coaching staff that has experience. Uh, when you take a look at the Gladiators, you know, they did incredibly well. John Galt did quite a bit for that team, helped coach them through some really rough times and really turned them into a contender. Uh, so I feel like, you know, he is going to be the perfect coach to really help form this season three Washington Justice team. Uh, Supreme coming over from the spark. I think that's a great pickup as well. And Wiz has done absolutely phenomenal in, in the contender scene with uh, NYXL2. Uh, he apparently performed so well at the scouting combine. Like he, they, from what I heard, like he was almost signed on site. Like right then and there, they're like, "Yeah, no, we want you now. Here, sign the contract." <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I I agree with you, Joey. I think this might be a sleeper candidate for like staff of the year if that was actually an award in Overwatch League. Uh, it, it is quietly a very strong coaching roster, right? And they're so well rounded as well. Like all three of these head coaches come in understanding how meta develops, understanding how team composition should work understanding player development at least from what we've understood i just i feel like this coaching and i don't want to say it's gone under the radar because people have definitely recognized it i really think the washington justice especially with this coaching staff behind them and the awesome roster of players that they've signed both veteran players and young up-and-coming talent i think there's going to be a lot to prove with this roster and i really think with this coaching staff behind them they're going to get the job done but on top of that, it doesn't end with the coaches, John. We did mention it before, but GM, we have a new GM in here as well, and that is Ballin coming over from the LA Gladiators. Hence, a number of these LA Gladiator signings probably being influenced by Ballin's experience over there. Uh, and she most recently was the GM of the new world champion USA Overwatch team as well. Joey, that is actually something that we were incredibly wrong on. Like on our other podcast, uh, the Level Up podcast, uh, whenever we talk about the Overwatch World Cup, uh, we kind of have like this meme going. We're like, we're like, okay, we preview it, then we end that preview with, and congratulations to South Korea for repeating. Uh, South Korea did not field a very good roster this go around, and the U.S. came out on fire and absolutely dominated that entire competition. So kudos to Ballin for that amazing uh, run that she just had, and especially to our very own Corey, who popped off in the Overwatch World Cup as well. Uh, and just absolutely, I mean, really, there's no other way to say it. They dominated the Overwatch World Cup, and Team USA is now the champions until next BlizzCon, and it was freaking awesome. Right, and not only South Korea, like, we always speak of South Korea as this giant team, and by the way, we did have that repeat going for two years at least, so we weren't <laughs> terrible, but when you look at South Korea, they are a great team. They produce awesome Overwatch players year after year. Team USA not only took them down once, but I believe it was twice in the tournament. And on top of that, they beat China out in the finals. So this was a Team USA team that, yes, overcame the challenge of South Korea, but did it multiple times and then took down another powerhouse team like China as well. They definitely proved why they should take the title home this year. All right, Joey, are you ready for this next one? Because I'm pretty hyped about this one. I'm a little on thin ice with it, but let's see what happens. I like where your mind is, sir. Joey announced today when, when we're recording this right now on the 12th of November, it is a Tuesday, at approximately 11 a.m. this morning, Monumental Sports and Entertainment announced Caps Gaming. Yes, that is MSE going all in on the NHL esports scene. 
launching their own sub-brand called Caps Gaming. And if that's not big enough, not only did they sign the first ever NHL eSport pro athlete in John Wayne, uh, that name, if that name does sound familiar and you watched the Caps events last year for eSports, he was actually on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster for the Chell Classic. So he's familiar with MSE, uh, he's he's familiar with uh, what what they put on uh, production wise, how they treat players, the whole MSE family there. So for him coming over to the Caps as the first pro esport athlete for for Chell is is a huge deal for him and a huge deal for Chell esports going forward. But if that's not big enough, Joey, at the same time they announced this new sub brand, at the same time they announced. The historical first ever NHL pro esport athlete. They also announced an eight week tournament that features a six versus six style format. So that is like the NBA 2K League: one person, one gamer, one player on the on the on the ice. So that is your your left wing, your right wing, your center, your two D men, and a goalie. That is six people playing six different positions versus another team of six players. I, I, I my research tells me, and from what, I, from what I've seen, this has been something that the Chell community has wanted for years, and no one's really done it. So the Caps announced the Caps Gaming Showcase, this eight-week tournament, six v six Xbox tournament, where the final four teams are going to be able to fly to Washington, D.C. to compete in the semifinals and finals. Oh, I believe it's over a weekend, or maybe it might be all on the same day. Uh, that, that's going to be coming in February. But, Joey, the prize pool for the Caps Gaming Showcase is $15,000. So not only do we have a new Chell sub-brand for MSE, not only do we have the first pro Esport athlete for Chell right here in our own backyard. But we also have a $15,000 prize pool, eight week, 6v6 Xbox tournament taking place this year as well. This was such a huge announcement. I, I literally had to stop everything I was doing at work to digest all of this. It was phenomenal. And I'm so incredibly fired up for Caps Gaming. Yeah, absolutely, John. This is a huge announcement on so many fronts. I mean, first off, now you have a new brand for esports under Monumental, Caps Gaming, right alongside the Capitals, just like Wizards District Gaming alongside the Wizards. This is absolutely huge, especially in the world of professional sports in translation to esports. On top of that, signing John Wayne, a pro NHL esport athlete now, that's a huge move from them too. John Wayne has a great track record in international competitions. He's continued to perform at a high level, being one of the top finishers many, many tournaments after tournaments. And I think signing him here is really big. He's an American player for one, so I think that looks really good. On top of that, this is the Caps continuing to push boundaries. Push boundaries in a good way, that is. This is them saying, hey, we are ready to continue diving into esports. We want to continue pushing the NHL forward in developing an esports scene. How can we help? And now you have this amazing pro player on their roster. He's going to be able to represent them, not only representing an organization, but representing a National Hockey League organization in these competitions he participates in. 
Then we get to the Big Mambo, the Caps Gaming Showcase, an eight-week tournament, 6v6 on Xbox. Like you said, John, this is really pushing the boundaries of NHL esports. We have never seen a 6v6, at least to my knowledge, on a professional level. There's been a lot of 1v1s, a whole lot of 1v1 tournaments. It feels like almost everything is 1v1. And then we had the Chell Classic last year where we did the 3v3 between the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was super exciting. But at the same point, players felt like it was more fun as far as not as competitive. It was more like a fun, let's get together and do this, as opposed to let's really compete at the highest level. I think the 6v6 is going to push that to a whole new level. Not only with the prize pool being so much bigger than some of the other prize pools we've seen in Chell Esports, but on top of that, the fact that you're now having every player on the ice be played. I'm really curious to see how this translates as goalies because I've never really seen someone play goalie in particular. Like I've seen high-level players play manual goalie when they're playing in 1v1s, but I've never really seen someone go out to practice a goalie in particular. So I think this could really shift up the scene if it goes well. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the feedback that we're seeing on Twitter and, and other social media platforms as well, is that you know you have players that can play center, that can play right wing, that can play left wing, that, that, that can play one of the, the defenders on the blue line. But when it comes to goalie, it, it, it's such a rare, uh, it's a rare position for someone who wants to play. Like I, I don't, I'm kind of curious, you know, if I could ask EA Sports, how many people in the career mode for Chell make a goalie and actually play the goalie through like their career mode and everything like that. I'm kind of curious as to what percent that is. I'd imagine it'd be pretty small. A lot of people want to play as a center or as a forward, you know, someone who can score a lot or, you know, you have the person who wants to play defense that wants to, you know, put on the big hits, but also wants to, you know, like to drill the slappers from the blue line. So, you know, I would imagine obviously those are going to be more popular than goalie. And Joey, to be completely honest, like you mentioned, the players that do manual goalies on those 1v1 tournaments, like we saw it last year for the Caps uh, eSports face-off, the tournament right before the Chell Classic, there were, I think there was one player, I'm blinking on his name, so I do apologize for that, but he played manual goalie, and you know he had some great stops. I'd imagine this 6v6 is going to be appealing to him, and he's going to be in high demand for it, uh, but he didn't do so well overall. He ended up uh, losing his first game and he had to go into the loser brackets and he eventually got eliminated. Uh, so it, it, it's, I'm going to, it's going to be curious. I'm curious to see how this is going to play out with someone having to play goalie. I would have imagined it would have been a five V five with the AI playing goalie, but you know, it, it's going to add a whole different element uh, and and the possibility of high scoring games, because uh, you know to be completely honest, let's be real here, the, the AI would be a lot quicker and able to track where the puck is, uh, probably at a higher rate than a player could input into the controller for the goalie. Now I could be completely wrong, also. Like King CJ from the FIFA tournament for DC United was absolutely a, a god on the sticks. It was highly impressive with his passing and his stick work. So I could be completely wrong on this, but I feel like that's the biggest wild card here is going to be having someone play that goalie position. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. That's the one thing I'm really hyped about for the Caps Gaming Showcase is the 6v6 aspect of the tournament and someone having to play goalie. Right, John, and I actually think you're right and wrong at the same time. 
I think you're right in the sense that the computer right now would be faster. And I think that's mainly because not many people just play goalie to play goalie. As you get players playing goalie, if this 6v6 format becomes a thing, if the Capitals pilot what we eventually see NHL esports becoming, then I think the player themselves will be able to catch up to the computer and eventually surpass them, at least on most difficulty levels. So I think there's a lot of really cool promising things to look forward to on this. I think the Capitals being the initiative makers, they did a great tournament last year in February, another great one in March, and they continue to push the boundaries and push the limits of where can NHL esports grow to, what can it become, and I think a 6v6 tournament really hits that niche that a lot of people have wanted to see, and I think this could be an ultimate amazing success down the road. That will do it for this episode of Game on DC. If you enjoy listening to Game on DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also leave us a comment on Google Play and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all gaming and esports news right here in the DMV. Joey, where else can our listeners go to follow Game on DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to find us at Game on DC. You can also find us using hashtag GoDC. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Joey. Game Game on, on, DC. DC.